You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Happy New Year. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Yes, I kind of forgot has. how to do this. I know. I was <laughs> sitting like, there staring at you like, what What do I normally say? And I was thinking, I really wanted to like do a different sound, but I'm pretty sure I've done those exact sounds before. And then after doing one of them, I was like, oh, that that's almost into like dial-up internet territory. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't remember the next sound. Which... <laughs> Those sounds were the worst. Anyway, this is The Scrimmage. <laughs> I'm Justin Domashevitz. This is Daniel Hargrove sitting across from me. And our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, is also here with us. And we have a lot of stuff to talk about. It's been so long. It has. And actually, you'll people will notice as we go into Two Minute Drill, a couple of these topics are slightly outdated. <laughs> but there's so much stuff that's happened there's that a lot we of meat. have to address. There's a lot, a lot of, of this stuff is from last year. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> let's get it going then with the two minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball around. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two minute drill starts now. Antonio Brown has been released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> what? Brown now has had an unceremonious exit from each of his first, or each of his four, t- I forgot how to do this completely, <laughs> each of the four teams he has played for. What is Daniel. <laughs> will, Daniel, will another team take a chance on AB and sign him next season or in the future? As long as the NFL allows Antonio Brown to play, there will be some coach crazy enough to think that it'll work. And you know what? I think it actually worked out for the for the Bucks. Yeah. They got a Super Bowl. They got him for one year before he went crazy, crazy, goopy, crazy again. Oh, he's he's not crazy. Don't say that you'll offend him. <laughs> he doesn't have mental health issues. He's been very clear on that. Oh boy. Doesn't that make it worse? Yeah, I think it does. Ah. <sighs> Jacksonville Jaguars rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence completed less than 60% of his passes this season while throwing 17 interceptions and had just 12 touchdowns. The first overall pick finished 28th in the league in QBR at 33.6. Justin, considering how turbulent this season was for the Jags, should we give Lawrence a pass on this poor rookie performance even though it was so much worse than another rookie we saw play there? That question was so much more difficult to read than the one that I did and I botched mine like almost immediately and now all I can do is just feel bad about myself because you just got through that so easily and I was rooting for you to stumble the whole time yes we give Trevor Lawrence a pass I'm going to give myself a pass as well Cincinnati Bearcats <laughs> fell to Alabama 27-6 in the Cotton Bowl, a college football playoff semifinal. Daniel, did this game prove that non-Power 5 teams don't belong in the college football playoffs? Nailed it. 
Oh my gosh, totally. How could they possibly belong in there when another team like Ohio State could have been in there? Oh wait, oh, but then Michigan got creamed too. Oh no, everybody gets blown out in those three, four, in those two, three, four, one matchups, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, all the people were like, oh, Cincinnati really wanted to be in this. No, I bet they don't. No, get out of here. Of course not. And they deserved it more than anybody else did. Yeah, were they as good as Alabama? Apparently not. But was Michigan as good as Georgia? Apparently not. Was there another team that deserved to be in more than either of those two? No. And they both got slaughtered. So as soon as the Michigan game happened, I was like, you guys can all shut the heck up. This is absolutely ridiculous. If you only got four teams in, the undefeated team should obviously get a chance at it. Plus, we just saw a worse slaughter in the NFL playoffs, and the NFL is supposed to be all about parody. So. <laughs> and that's on the wild card weekend. Yeah. <sighs> Miami Heat forward Markeith Morris has not played for more than two months with whiplash after taking a shoulder to the back from Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic in November. Gosh, that's a big dude. Yeah. It's like, so Nikola Jokic causes car accident for, sorry, (laughs) I'll get back to reading this. I forgot how it worked there for a second. I read, you answer, there we go. Morris has missed more than 30 games while Jokic was suspended just one for the cheap shot. Justin, should Jokic have been suspended longer? I don't think so. I think, first of all, the reason this comes back up is because uh, Markeith Morris made a comment on Twitter, I believe responding to someone that noted how long he's been out, and he said, imagine having a 300-pound sloppy fat boy (laughs) run full speed and make direct contact with your spine. I'll be back soon. So here's my issue with this. Markeith Morris, who, by the way, he's the less cheap of the Morris twins, but those two guys have made a career out of being punks and taking cheap shots at people. And you can go back, just search on YouTube, Morris Twins Cheap Shots, and you'll find all you need. Also, Markeith Morris took a cheap shot at Jokic immediately before this happened and then turned around. (laughs) So should he have... Jokic should have run around in a circle to get to the front of him before he confronted him about this cheap shot? Probably. My theory from the beginning on this is I don't feel bad for Markeith Morris, and if you spend a career doing cheap crap, you can't get mad when someone does cheap crap to you. I absolutely agree with that 100%. Thank you. Live by the cheap crap, die by the cheap crap. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I th- it was interesting. You're going to get popped. When it, I mean, yeah. At some point, you're going to get popped if you keep doing that stuff. Well, and Do when it happened... Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. Well, I was just going to say, what, the Morris brothers have a big reputation for two things. One is being like these tough guys who are constantly... Like, Markeith Morris has done things like purposely swing his elbows at a defender's face while he's trying to guard him, even when he's not in the cylinder. There was a time, actually, I found a video of it where there's a guy just defending him, and he just takes the ball and he smashes it into his head. It's the weirdest thing. Like, this is what these guys do. Like, they do cheap punk crap, and they flop. Like, those are the two things that they they're most famous too. for. Oh. So when So when Jokic ran into him, Markeith Morris started flailing around on the ground, covering his face, rolling around like he was in the worst pain ever. And naturally, people just looked at it and went, oh, this is just Markeith Morris doing another acting job. But turns out he's really hurt because he's missed, like, 
two full months. Yeah, it's the whole boy cried wolf, right? Yeah. Like if you flop around like a fish out of water every time somebody breathes on you, yeah. when you actually get hurt, nobody's gonna believe you. Right. <sighs> I just came up with a new another way to fix basketball. Okay. You could put boards around like hockey. Okay. Just that solves it. They they tried that already and Steve Nash got all bloody <laughs> and Sorry, I don't that basically the, happened in a playoff series with, except only one team was playing by those rules, yeah. and Steve Nash, who was like league MVP dominant, was just getting like smashed into the can scores you, table repeatedly. I don't understand how the boards help. <laughs> can, can, no, the boards help because it gives you something to slam people up against. They don't go flying off into the crowd. It keeps them, it keeps the game contained. Okay, I think you're actually solving a problem that doesn't exist there. No, the problem is that basketball players don't think that it's okay to hit each other. Okay. But it's a, it's a non-contact sport. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it's a problem. contact sport. That's the it's problem. a non-collision sport. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I think. That's how it was described to me it, at one that's point. That's how it should be. Yeah. So, that's how it was a while ago. Na- anymore, that's how we played, played in the 90s. That's yeah. pr- it's probably, Steph Curry wouldn't have been able to score in the 90s. It's so funny. We would have punched him in the face. Speaking of <laughs> 90s basketball, the thing I like the most listening to the immediate reaction to this Markeith Morris, Nikola Jokic thing like literally two months ago yeah. was that the... The NBA, whatever the NBA on TNT show is with Shaq and, and, and Charles Chuck, Barkley. Yeah. So media people immediately, non-basketball players, were going, oh my gosh, what a horrible thing Nikola Jokic did. I can't believe it. That was a cheap shot. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Shaq was like, <laughs> no, no. You don't come over and hit me and then turn around. What do you think I'm going to do? If somebody comes and hits me, I'm throwing punches. And all three of the basketball players in that round table, because it was um, Shaq and Charles Barkley and uh, Kenny. Kenny the Jet. Yeah. And the, all three of them were like, yeah, no, if somebody hits me, we're throwing down. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah. like, but, you know, media Problem people solved. love to clutch their pearls. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can't believe he did that. Exactly. That, that horrible so foreign violent. man. Exactly. <laughs> they, and it's so funny because, yeah. I don't know. Turn the other cheek is not usually a part of their vocabulary until it's like, how dare you punch somebody in a sporting event? Exactly. Hockey, man. They need to watch more hockey. Can you believe that hockey is still allowed to fight in this day and age? Like, I'm a little surprised that 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 hasn't been like ESPN picked it back up. Don't hold your breath. It'll be, or maybe, I don't know. But yeah, I that when ESPN started to pick it back up this this year again, I was like, ooh, I wonder if they're gonna start clutching their pearls about that. Boy, we were all excited about hockey for a minute, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. and then and then it turned out that they stink. And yeah. then it turned out that the Ve- whatever the Vegas Golden Knights did is not easily repeatable. Yeah, because whoo, he, I don't. Ah! <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, enough hockey talk. <laughs> Boring. I did think that... Um, well, I could talk an hour, by the way, about all the people about Cincinnati saying, oh, guess yeah. they didn't belong. It's like, get out of here. Every Power 5 school that's been blown out in the college football playoff, and you're just going to be like, 
Oh, yep, this team didn't belong. They got blowed out. And it's like, we've seen blowouts every yeah. single year. I had a little twargument with one of our friends. Oh, actually, no, it was on Facebook, it was wasn't on it? Facebook. It was a Facebook comment argument with one of our friends over this going, okay, the, I get it. Alabama's way better than Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati by the way, offensively looked completely inept. Yeah, and by the way... In a tournament, that was the lowest seed going yeah. against the highest seed. Right. So of all of the games, that one was supposed to be the most lopsided. I, I know that it was to, only four teams, but... I just had to go back into the record book, record book and point out to this person that if you look back over the... Since the college football playoff was put in place, when Power 5 teams play Power 5 teams in these games... 50% are blowouts, and a lot of the blowouts are way worse than the Cincinnati-Alabama yeah. blowout because at least Cincinnati's defense did a better job of containing Alabama. Like yeah. They didn't really stop them at any point. But they looked like they belonged on the same field to yeah. me. Like, yeah. It was just that the offense couldn't handle... Couldn't do anything. Yeah, I think that um, just the way that... I feel like Alabama just overpowered them because they just ran the ball pretty much at will. But they weren't getting, like, huge explosive plays. It was more like long, grinding drives for the most part. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like Andrew pointed out, it didn't look like Cincinnati's defense didn't belong on the field with Alabama. It was just that Cincinnati's offense was so bad. Yeah. So completely inept. And after the first drive, just couldn't do anything. But I just, think, I just feel like th- this isn't an argument to not have power five teams in. And then the other thing is people were going, this is an argument to not expand the field because obviously the top two teams, no one else can compete with them. But if that's the case, wouldn't you think that like, even if that is true, the one and two team are clearly the best. No one can compete with them. Wouldn't you get better football from three to eight or three to 12 or three to 16 or whether, whatever you expand to like at least then in some of these earlier rounds, we'll get in theory, we'd get better football games. What? Because the teams would be more on an even level and not just Alabama and Georgia Georgia a tier higher than everybody this else. This is the no fundamental problem that I have with the the type of college fan who makes the arguments that it you know it makes the regular season mean less. It, oh my there's there is they are they're it, they don't care about the games. Mm-mm. They actually don't care about the games. It's all about their rankings. They they. It's no longer about football. It's mind-blowing to me. You play the game to see who is better. Yeah. You don't... Look at the NFL. Every week, people are like, oh, this team's better. This team's worse. And then what happens on Sunday? Any given Sunday, any team can beat another one. Even Jacksonville can get a, <laughs> can get a win. Yeah. And, and college football... The way the the people who like the status quo of college football are basically saying, no, we want to just go with the power rankings. Yep. Like, why would we play the games? We just, we go, like, they don't deserve to be there. What are you talking about? Every team deserves to end their season with a loss to a team that's better than them. And the other thing with that argument... That is a good thing. You want to end... You want to go as far as you can and lose to a team that's the national champion. Mm -hmm. The other thing about that argument of it making games more meaningful is that it makes games more... makes every game more meaningful for like six teams. Yeah. But then you have, you you know, a hundred plus other teams out there where just like none of the games matter. Like you've just devalued 
all of the rest yeah. of all these games that are happening across exactly. the nation. And before Cincinnati, before Cincinnati this year, all non-power conference teams, none of their games mattered. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not not even not when they were undefeated, not anything. Mm-hmm. Before this year, none of their games mattered. Yeah. Right. To start the year. Yeah. So according don't give according me that, to that argument yeah. of meaningful games. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If you had an expanded playoffs where more teams were able to get in, I bet those teams would be able to recruit better. Yes. Because yeah, right is- now, if you want to win a national championship, you've got like three teams. Which is, which is but now Clemson's not good anymore. Maybe that's over. So maybe it is just Alabama and then rando SEC team that can pop up once every now and then. But I mean, if you have all of a sudden a eight team playoff or a sixteen team playoff, the recruiting gets so much easier. Like, hey, we get in the playoffs, we get a good class, anything can happen. Come, let's do that. Like, I know you want to win a national championship, and we actually have the possibility to do that here instead of. Well, that's the most important thing to you. Well, go sit the bench for Alabama for three years, and then uh, then you can win a national championship. You'll get a few rings. You'll get a few rings. On the bench. <laughs> you'll, you'll be on the bench. Then you'll play your fourth year. You'll probably win another national championship, and then you can go to the NFL because you're really good. But if you come here, you know, you know that's the thing. Like, it drives there is me nuts. another team in the ACC that's going for Clemson's crown of perennial college football playoff contender, and that is. North Carolina. Duke. Duke? Every week. I think it's Duke. Every week there's a new story about a five-star recruit that's committed to the University of North Carolina. Ninth ranked. No, football. Oh. They're football school now. Ninth ranked (laughs) recruiting class in the entire nation going into next season. They're a football school. And a basketball school. Did you watch this year? They're a football and a basketball school. This year was so miserable. Well, there was some stuff that, you know, it's it's, it's political. Some stuff that happened. Um, the losses were political. Well, what happens is sometimes the other team scores more points than you, but you still deserve the win. But because of politics, you can't win the game because the other team scored more points. Politics. politics. Yeah, that sounds like college football. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Actually, what I've yeah, learned about out. politics, though, is politics is mainly just stuff that someone makes up. So I'm yeah. just going to blame it for everything and make stuff up and say it's politics. I'm good with that. Okay. It's political. That's why the Beavers keep losing basketball games. Exactly. Political. Po- totally political. Yeah. Especially when they're like Bob Knight politics, you know, blah, blah, blah. leading top five teams, <laughs> and then all of a sudden lose at the end because of politics. Politics, yeah. <laughs> politics. Thanks, Obama. Ruins everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring up Gardner Minshew's name once during the Jacksonville one. Like, what the heck? I got so lost in the fact that I, I actually planned on mentioning him. I just got so lost in how badly I failed at asking my question. Yeah. And then I gave you a much longer, more difficult question. And you not only did it, but you like added stuff to it while you were saying it. And you didn't stumble at all. Well, see, reading is kind of what I do on a daily basis. So I've I haven't. Whereas Justin doesn't know what book is. Yeah, you don't know what book is. But no, reading out loud is what I do for work. So really, the fact that you're usually so good at it for doing it once a week, (laughs) and I stumble at it as much as I do when I do it every day. But you usually only stumble when I trip you up on purpose. 
That's true. I, I try to intentionally put things in your <laughs> questions that will make you stumble, and I failed in not only asking my question, but then in also getting you to fail at asking that question. And I was just so discouraged by the end of it, I couldn't even remember what I was going to say. Well, what were you going to say? Trevor Lawrence. Is bad? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Gardner Minshew was better. Jaguars fans should regret it. There we go. Can't okay. remember. Speaking guys, of getting guys, what? The, the Eagles just lost to the Buccaneers 15-31. to 31, mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts uh, had a 60 rating. Yikes. RTG rating, right? Yeah. Yep. He he was 23 for 43. Ugh. And I'd just like to point out that Gardner Minshew has only played in four games, but he has uh, 41 completions on 60 attempts. And uh, he's not starting. What uh, is it about him? Eagles for some reason. So is it something about like his personality I that think people like view people. him? People view him as like a caricature. And so <laughs> then they don't, people don't take him seriously. Because if you just look at what he did on the field, seriously, how could anybody make an argument that he doesn't deserve to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Because of politics. Politics. We're back to politics. Thanks, and Obama. I, he he does not. <laughs> I think that the I think that his personality, his over the top personality, might work against him some. But I think more of it is just that it's similar to the Russell Wilson being overlooked thing. Like because of his height, he's got everything but height. Gardner Minshew has everything above the neck, but he does not have the athletic pop that... Does that... he have everything below the waist? Oh, gosh darn it. I knew you were going there, Dustin. <laughs> no, he doesn't have the rocket arm. He doesn't have the rocket arm. That's it. That... He just doesn't have the rocket arm. And, uh, well, and he's not huge and strong. Like, you can get away with not having yeah, a rocket Drew, arm if you're a running back. Drew Brees didn't have the rocket arm, did he? Mm-mm. No. No. No, he was just incredibly and he wasn't huge. Yeah, so that's the, the thing. I, but so there's there's people, this, when they're given right the chance, now, can succeed yes, like that. I agree. And I think that, honestly, I think Minshew could do that. But the problem is, everybody is so tunnel-visioned in the NFL that... They can't get out of their own silly little heads about how something works. Like, I don't know, maybe a big, doofy, bruising quarterback of a guy who just straight up wins at the end of games. No way to tell how, but under good defense. And they actually go into the playoffs, even though they were, what, like, I don't know, 0-4 to start the season. Who could, season. Be talking who about could I be talking about? I don't know. Maybe he's undefeated that, in the... No, he's not undefeated does he in the rhyme, playoffs. Does but. it rhyme with... Uh, Shmim Hebo? <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, people get so tunnel vision. It's like, oh, yeah, that worked really well this year. Should we do it again? No, that's hilarious. I think the thing with Tebow was Tebow was just the only NFL player in history who was able to to uh, accurately and correctly harness the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Politics. Politics and religion. Yeah. Well, at least for his whole starting quarterback career. Right. Because it seemed for a while that Russell Wilson had done the same, but mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. But Sierra, Sierra just ruined everything. It's Obama. <laughs> <laughs> you want to move on? Oh yes, we need to move on. Free, got... free Minshew. It's time for Justin's favorite part of the show. Ooh. Serving questions up on a silver platter Where the points are made up and the rules don't matter Time for Stump Daniel 
One of my things I miss the most about our little break is the noises that Andrew makes while he's trying to get to the button. You guys are struggling with the reading, and I'm I'm a little bit rusty back here. But no, that's actually, that was perfect. That was like my favorite noise that he's ever made, too. So usually it's like, "Ah." Oh. Okay, Daniel, today we are doing sports Ooh. Movie. Movie. Trivia. Uh-oh. Um, while I've watched a lot of sports movies, yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's also some that people feel like are like 100% classics that I haven't seen. Okay. So I'm a little worried. I am going to make up a scoring system as we go here Sweet. because we can't just do it normally. I've been feeling like I've been way too lazy on my scoring systems lately. We're going to do this. In a very convoluted so you, way. You, okay. You've been too lazy in the scoring system, so you decided not to not to think about it ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make it up as we go. I'm winging it. So okay. I have ten questions. I was gonna. Is it gonna be based on like what nation I ended up in, like Earth Nation, Water Nation, Yeah, Air Nation, Fire Nation? Yeah, that sounds good. Do I, I probably? I don't know if I even ranked well, those. Which how one I would, would want you to want to be, to be in? Water most. Nation is the Beaver Nation, right? Wait. Oh. Or would it be Earth Nation? I don't know. See, I shouldn't have brought that up because I don't know what nation I'd want to be. Well, is there the a wood air, nation? The air nomads were wiped out. Yeah. So they would be the the bottom rung. <laughs> like they were almost basically extinct for a hundred years. I think you I know, don't know what we're talking about. I, th- I think as long as they're not trying to take over the world, uh, Fire Nation looked pretty cool. Yeah, Fire Nation's strong. Yeah. I'd go fire and, and then Earth would be the next strongest. Because water always felt kind of weak to me because it's just north and south pole and it was just like yeah. one small village and then one huge city. Yeah. Whereas Earth Nation was like tons of land and tons of people. Yeah. But they were also the most corrupt. More, like f- More corrupt than the Fire Nation? I guess the Fire Nation was outwardly evil, but it seemed yeah. like the Earth Nation, even in like... Legend of Korra, right. massive amounts of corruption, True. and everybody was just like browbeaten into like everything's fine. And well, in the original, and yet there was like horrifying stuff. The last Airbender series, like one of the main leaders of the Northern Water Tribe, was a sexist. So that's true. I mean, ah, I don't know. We yeah. got stuff going on in all of them. Yeah, it turns out that that was one of the things that that show did well. Is Everybody has flaws. Politics. Yeah, politics. Yeah. So, so we'll I'm go. Sorry. We'll go. Fire <laughs> shirt brought it back up. Fire on top. Uh, Earth would be second. Water would be third, and the extinct air nomads would be uh, last. Okay. Fourth. Okay. <laughs> so I have ten questions. <laughs> if you can answer the question without multiple choice, okay, you get ten points. That's okay. a lot of points. If you say, mm, I don't know, I want to take the multiple choice. Okay. I'll read you the four options, but you get you lose two points. So you can only get eight points then for that question. Okay, so I, it's only a two-point penalty. A two-point for... penalty for getting the multiple choice. Okay. Then your next option is every single question, you have a 50-50 if you want it. And I'll take two of the options off, but you lose two more points. Okay. So then you only have a six possible points for... Getting the question right. I have to get a pen because I gotta take notes on this. How does this work? Okay. So then, the <laughs> okay, other. Okay. So it's 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 ten. Answer questions. He has to figure out how it works. Yeah. Eight, and then it's six points. Right. Okay. Then okay. you also have 
the option, you have a text-a-friend option. I'm going to give you two text-a-friend lifelines, okay? Whoa. You can text anyone you want, and the way it works is we will then push that question down to the end. So you have whatever <laughs> amount of time it takes for that for that person can respond in the amount of time before the segment's over. Okay. But does, once the segment's that, over, then you still have to answer the question and you don't get the help. Okay, is that does that drop it down to four points if no. I use tech? Oh, okay. No, no. So you, if you get the question right... Is the friend allowed to lie to him? Sure. Daniel won't be texting me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how many text friends do I get? Just you one? get two. Two? Two text of friends. Hopefully those questions come but up early in the segment. But the only thing you're allowed to text them is the question. So you can't... And hopefully, because you can't be like, hey, Google this. <laughs> and then text the question. <laughs> you can only text the question. Hey, Google <laughs> And then hopefully for you, they'll just be like, oh, I should Google that. And then they'll just answer it we'll for see. you correctly. Yeah. Okay. okay. First question. All right. In Remember the Titans. Yes. What position did Julius Campbell play? Julius Campbell played defensive end. That is correct. Yes. Ten points. Julius Campbell was a defensive end. The next I, question. I thought, you know, I started to worry about scheme there. Was he actually an outside linebacker in a 3-4? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they had 3-4 schemes back then. <laughs> what is the name? of the outer space amusement park that tries to kidnap the Looney Tunes in Space Jam. Not the name of the aliens, but the amusement park that they tried to take them to. Uh-oh. I'm gonna need to go multiple choice on this one. Multiple choice? Yes. <laughs> Is it A, Monstar Park? B, Disney Quest? C, <laughs> Moron Mountain? Or D, Space Fun Zone? <laughs> Did you just make those up? On the spot? No, I have oh, them. Oh, okay. Because I, <laughs> I was going to be super impressed with A, that you made them up on the spot, and B, that you were looking down to fake read them at the same time. Yeah, no, but I'm no, not that I'm, impressive. Uh, it's Moron Mountain. It is Moron Mountain. Eight points for Daniel okay. out of a possible 20. This is a good start for you. It's a really good start. I'm good with it. What is Rudy's first name in the movie Rudy? What is Rudy's first name in the movie Rudy? You, you mean besides Rudy? Uh -oh. Is Rudy his first name or is it a nickname? Well, it's a nickname for Rudiger. Mm -hmm. Crap, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Was that his last name? Rudiger was his last name. I thought his name correct. was Sean Astin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am so embarrassed. I have no clue, so I'm okay. going to go multiple choice. Okay, here's your multiple choice. A, is his first name Rudy? B, Daniel. C, Justin. Wouldn't that just be terrible? Or D, Andrew. Is it A, Rudy, B, Daniel, C, Justin, or D, Andrew? Is this a trick question? I feel like this is a trick question. The best part of it is I've done so many trick questions that when there's a question that seems like seems, so. seems like I'm being psychological with you, you think, well, Justin wants me to pick this, so that's probably the answer, but then you doubt yourself, and you clearly can't choose the wine in front of you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go with Rudy. And his Ooh. name was Rudy Rudiger. I'm sorry, that's not correct. His name was Daniel Rudiger. Was it really? His name was oh, no, no, no! <laughs> 
zero points on that one. Sorry, oh, Daniel. How did you not know? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know, but I've only seen that movie once. <laughs> and it's not my name. <laughs> I thought it would be funny to put all of our names in because That's then I thought me. you would think because I've done this before with Colt McCoy, oh. where Colt McCoy's actual name was Daniel, right? Yes. So then I thought you'd think, oh, I bet it's Daniel. But then when I put my name and Andrew's <laughs> name yep. in, that would make you be like, hmm, is that what he wants me to think? Yes. Is that what it's happened? Brilliant. Yes, okay. that's exactly what happened. That was brilliant. Good job, what? Justin. Oh Thank my you. gosh. Question number four. What sport? does Michael J. Fox begin to excel at when he transforms into a werewolf in Teen Wolf? <laughs> Basketball. Basketball, correct. <laughs> 10 points for Daniel. You got 28 points so far in four questions. <laughs> Next question. What kind of dog is Buddy from the movie Air Bud? Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever is correct. 10 more points for Daniel. <laughs> what is the name of the female lifeguard in the movie Sandlot. As soon as you said female lifeguard, I knew you were going Sandlot. Ah. I know this. But I'm... You know what's really frustrating is I'm mixing up another name in a sports kid's sports movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's the only one I can... That's the only movie line I can think of right now. But I know that's not the right... Come on. Yeah, I like 12 kids. How long does he have to answer before he has to bump to it? I'm, I'm gonna, whatever amount of time I'm our gonna producer text. wants to. Okay, you're going to text but a friend? Who's going who's gonna to answer that quick? <laughs> you I, still, think, I mean, you have, we, have four, we have five more questions. I'm going to text that. a friend. Okay. I'm going to text Ian. Okay. Oh, we have four more questions after this. So hopefully Ian responds in the amount of time it takes four more questions. Uh, what was the name of the lifeguard in Sandlot? Yes. Okay. Female, the female lifeguard? Was there more than one lifeguard? I don't think so, but I threw female in there just in case there was one I wasn't remembering. Gotcha. All right. The text is sent. Okay. Next question. In the Sandlot... The kids are scared of a local Mastiff dog they call the Beast. Yes. What is the dog's name in the movie? Hercules. Hercules! Hercules! Hercules is correct. Yes. Ten more points for Daniel. Assuming Ian comes through for you, you're doing pretty well. Uh, the only one you've gotten wrong so far is your own name. <laughs> in one of his favorite movies. <laughs> yeah. According to the movie, Angels in the Outfield. Yes, when, I've seen that one. When will Angels not help a team? Championship game. When championship is <laughs> on the line. Very good. Ten points. But you are really rolling through this. Dang it, I need to take more time. That actually explains Tim Tebow's loss to the Patriots. <laughs> that wasn't technically a championship Wasn't it game. The, uh, the... Oh, no, Ian's calling me. Can I take a call? <laughs> sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is All Ian's right. opportunity. Ian, uh... I'm asking you because I had a text a friend option on Stump Daniel. Ah, Wendy Peppercorn. Wendy Peppercorn. Wendy Peppercorn is correct. Yes. Ten points. <laughs> Daniel Hargrove with the assist from our friend Ian Cope. Thanks, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I'm I'm kind of embarrassed that I needed to ask, but I knew I knew that you would have the answer for me. As well you should be. I guessed 12, but it was it 10? It was 10 kids. 10 kids. Okay. I knew it was a lot. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Ian Cope coming up clutch with Wendy Peppercorn. Two more questions, I knew Daniel. You would know. I knew it. In eight questions so far. Is that an Italian last name? <laughs> you have 68 points. That's a lot of points. Doing pretty good. Who scores the game-winning shot in the game against the Monstars in Space Jam? The game-winning shot. I'm going to need multiple choice. Okay, here's your multiple choice. Is it A, Bugs Bunny, B, Michael Jordan, C, Bill Murray, or D, Lola Bunny? You can, if you want to dock two more points, I can give you the 50-50. I'm going to need the 50-50. Okay. Is it? It's like you don't even remember how the game went. <laughs> Michael Jordan or Bill Murray? Six points if you get it right. Wait, Bill Murray. Oh. <laughs> Andrew's confused. He hasn't seen the movie, and so he's oh, like, wait no. a second. It's the Bill Murray you're thinking of. Okay. <laughs> I know Bill Murray comes at the end. Super excited. He, yep, he comes in in the fourth quarter to help him out. And he I'm, plays well. We're going to go with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is correct. You got six more points there, Daniel. That's because he's got the killer instinct. 74 <laughs> points. It's Was the, that the stretchy it's the arm, arm shot? Stretchy yeah. shot. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I couldn't remember if that was the last shot. And then I was like, that has to be the last shot. Because yeah. it was very, like, climactic of the movie. Okay. okay. I 76 have, points. I shouldn't have needed that, but I did. If so. you get at least eight points on this, okay. you will be in the Fire Nation. Top level. Okay. Anything less than eight points, you're going to end up in the Earth Kingdom. In the Little Giants. Young Becky O'Shea loves football. Gosh, I haven't watched that movie in What so is her gridiron nickname? Yes! As long, wait, that is the name of the main character, right? Yeah. Well, see, and here's the thing. You can still end up in the Fire Nation if you listen to your multiple choice. So you can take those. You can just throw your guess out there, maximize your points. Oh, really? I can guess and then take multiple choice? No, no, I'm saying you can, oh. you can maximize your points by getting it right. But if you're not sure... You can listen to the multiple choice, and if you then get it right, you'll still be in the Fire Nation. Zone. I don't need it. It's Icebox. It is Icebox! Ten yes. more points for Daniel. Firmly in the Fire Nation. Yes. Congratulations, Daniel. Very successful Stump Daniel session for you. I, I'm very excited that uh, I was familiar with all of those movies, except for Teen Wolf, but I knew that Teen Wolf played basketball. Mm -hmm. So, Jewel says congratulations, Fire Nation. <laughs> I knew that uh, I'm very grateful that my sister is watching and um, that we have gone Avatar with those scorings. Yeah. And it's he, actually been, you know, when I think back to I feel like, like. That was a pretty, pretty non stump Daniel. So, Daniel. <laughs> well, but this is, it's been a while. 
<laughs> like there, there haven't been any like really demoralizing Stump Daniels in a long time. Other than he did was miss it? the most embarrassing possible. Question. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. We had some ones where you that didn't get the questions brutal. right, but never ones where you were like, "Oh, I should have known that." Well, and I like, think that's the difference. Like is, Rudy has been one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh-huh. For a long time. Yeah. How and much? the fact that his name is actually Daniel. <laughs> He's yeah. never occurred to I have never... That has never lodged up there. I almost put this That's... one in there. Do you remember, straight out of high school, what college Rudy went to? Oh, okay. The uh, the junior college or whatever that he had to go to. Right, because he didn't qualify academically yeah. for Notre Dame. I almost put this one in there, but I thought it was too hard. Isn't it something like... Holy Cross. It is Holy Cross. Wow. <laughs> Why couldn't I remember his name? Holy cow, Holy Cross. Gosh. How much more would you have loved that movie if instead of him having a nickname, at the end they were just chanting, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I could love that movie more because like, it makes me weep every time I watch it. How about the fact that it's not a real story? Don't. You know what? <laughs> According I to saw, Joe Montana. I saw the picture. <laughs> They carried him off. That yeah. was a real picture. But Joe Montana. Shut up, Joe Montana. Said that you've it got, was. You've been. Bef- oh, I know what it is. Tom Brady now has more Super Bowls than me, so I'm going to go poop on this guy who literally did nothing with his life, despite making some fabrications in a little book and then have a great football movie. But no, Joe Montana's got to go poop on that guy. Get out of here, Joe. I heard what did Joe a, Montana say? I heard a follow-up interview. <laughs> so this, this came up a while, like it was quite a while ago, it was at least a few years ago, where Joe Montana, who was on the team at the time, yeah. said, you know, the story gets kind of overblown, and yeah, he did get carried off the field, but it was just by a few people, and it was like more of a joke than like they were actually holding him up as some kind of a heroic figure. Yeah. And then I think he felt kind of bad about it afterwards because he didn't back off of his words, but he almost kind of said later that he wished he hadn't yeah, said that. But he because just, you realize that you're Joe freaking Montana. He and just you're got like, kind of worn out by the story. And apparently, like, the actual Daniel Rudiger is not a super likable person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of showed that in the movie because the dude didn't have an off switch. Yeah. Oh, what are you practicing? And that's the maybe that's maybe I'm taking that into it. But I don't know about you guys. Have you ever practiced too hard and someone got upset at you for it? Because yeah. I have. Yes. Because uh-huh. I have. Yeah. People are jerks sometimes. That's true. Definitely. And yes, you aren't the most likable person because you stole the ball away from the starting point guard in a practice when yeah. you're a freshman on JV. It's you like know, the like, guy in Blue sorry, Mountain I State. we were practicing yeah. like we played. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like that guy in Blue Mountain State that comes in and uh, com- keeps comparing himself to Rudy. And hitting people after the plays are over and stuff like that. <laughs> That's there's a difference. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. You don't go after the play. It's just politics. No, I remember. Thanks. Uh, Hutton Napier went to that state all star game mm-hmm. and like went really hard on a defensive line drill or something, and people got mad at him. I'm like, yep, that's what people are like. Yeah, I'd cut a dude. I don't mean with a knife. I mean like from the team. <laughs> Oh, Get out of here. Like yeah, the, you're really talented, but you don't want to work hard? Go watch the game. And yeah. then once they're out of the stadium and off the property, then you cut them with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. No. Is that what you were talking about with all the Seahawks tight ends over the years? <laughs> yes. Oh. Literally cutting them. 
Every time we want little behind the curtain, every time we're watching a Seahawks game, we have a message thread going, and every time a Seahawks tight end does something bad, Justin goes, cut him. Or, or even just doesn't get the ball. Yeah, the cut funny him. thing is, when I first did it, it was not... A, now it's like a running joke. Yeah. It was not a joke when it was first yeah, who happening. who was it that you hated? There was like three tight ends I cut in one year. Yeah. Was Disley one of them? Disley, Wilson, who else was on that? Luke Wilson is a national treasure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's not even a local treasure. Come on. No, he's a national treasure. I For love Can- that guy. Well, yeah, because you're, you're right, he's a national treasure, because Canada doesn't have any treasures. <laughs> politics fair point <laughs> i think is it time for another commercial break yeah another it's our, just our first it's our first one in <laughs> over a month oh, we didn't make Probably. a sound do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Thank you to our sponsors, the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz and Olympian Real Estate. It's been a while, it's man. It's been a while, yeah, since you had to do a sponsor read. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, remember. A sponsor remember. Yeah, a sponsor. <laughs> also, like seriously, when was our, our last show was, was early December? Yeah. The first or second week? It was like December and then 5th or something. A series of unfortunate events since then. Yeah. Uh, we took a break because it's super busy time for you guys uh-huh. with your work. Christmas time is crazy. Then the week after, or the Sunday after Christmas, we were doing baby dedication for my son. And we had a bunch of family in town. And so we were like, all right, probably not going to have too much time right. to do a show. So, And my family was also sick that day. Right. So we, yeah. did, we watched the baby dedication on our TV yeah. on the live stream because we didn't want to come to the church and be around people and get everyone else sick. So we appreciate it. Yeah. But then my whole family got sick anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wasn't me though. Nope. Wasn't you. <laughs> wasn't me. Yeah. And then uh, we were, yeah, Andrew. Y'all was wouldn't like, even visit in the snow. I know. <laughs> None of us felt like leaving the house. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I really wanted to go visit, but. That was right before I got sick, and so I probably actually was sick, just didn't know it yet, so it was probably wise that I didn't go up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then that wiped us out for, what, another two weeks? Mm-hmm. <sighs> but back. the weird thing is, is that wasn't the only thing that was getting wiped out, because the weather also went bonkers and yeah. started wiping out high school games left and right. That's true. So I had four basketball game broadcasts that all got canceled like during that period of time. Yeah. Actually, there was a little, uh, during that stretch, it didn't even really matter that we didn't have a show because there was no high school sports for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. It was crazy. Everything pretty much got canceled by either the snow or then the flooding yeah. following that. And the ice. And the ice. Yeah, I yeah. remember because on my last basketball broadcast, I was like, it was snow, then it was ice, then it was flooding. Yep. 
But now we're back in the full swing of yes. high school sports. Yes. Which leads us right into our next segment, which is the Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. Yes. And we had uh, we have some good candidates here mm-hmm. in this one. And uh, it was a tough decision. And because it was a tough decision, I decided to go a little off the board. But we have done this before one time. So the Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week is all of the weight class winners from the Aberdeen girls wrestling team in the tournament that they just went to the lads and lasses tournament on Saturday at Fife high school. Now they had six first place finishers at this tournament at Fife. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's seems like kind of a big tournament. And seeing that the second place team was uh, from Lincoln, which I believe is a four a school. So this tournament sounds like it's kind of the real deal. And Aberdeen's girls wrestling team had six first place finishers. Pretty crazy. So they are our Ole Penn Athletes of the Week, and they are, uh, hopefully I get all these names right, uh, Madeline Machowick, Emerson Yakovich, Haley Wilson, Felicia Bell, Reagan Portman, and Katie Gakin. They are our Ole Penn Real Estate Athletes of the Week. They led their Aberdeen team to a total of 189.5 points easily beating second place Lincoln, which finished with 118 points. That is, that's straight dominant yeah. to go to a tournament like that, an invitational tournament like that with multiple different sizes of schools and then run away with the first point. So I'm assuming that there are some other Aberdeen girls who maybe didn't finish first that contributed to that. Um, I don't have their names here at the moment, but... I'm sure that they did a good job contributing points. I'm not exactly sure how wrestling points works. You used to be a sports writer. Yeah. Did you remember how the points work? Something about winning and points. It's just you politics. You score politics. Just politics. Wrestling. Anyway, congratulations again <laughs> to Madeline Michalik, Emerson Yakovich, Haley Wilson, Felicia Bell, Reagan Portman, and Katie Gakin. You are Ole Penn Real Estate Athletes of the Week. The first ones of the year. Hi. Yeah. First one's a 2022. Congratulations. Let's get uh, the local sports roundup going. My segues are terrible. Anyway, Elma defeated Hoquiam 47-44 in boys basketball on Friday night in Elma. Traden Carter and Cannon Seberg led the Eagles with 10 points apiece, while Michael Lorton-Watkins scored a game-high 15 points for the Grizzlies. Elma shot 17 of 22 from the free throw line, including 8 for 8 by Carter and Seberg in the fourth quarter. Hoquiam traveled to North Beach and took down the Hayek 72 to 57 on Saturday. And now I know North Beach is a lower class team, but they have some super tall kids on their team. They have a kid that's a 6'9 senior on their team, so not an easy task to go and take down the Hayaks. Um, Justice Stankovich led the Grizzlies with 23 points, and North Beach was led by Josh Bighead, who scored a game-high 26 points. Raymond improved to 7-2 on the season with a 63-52 win over Nacelle on Saturday. Last week's only Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week, Trey Seidel, scored 20 points for the Seagulls while pulling down 18 boards and dishing out 5 assists. On Tuesday, Raymond annihilated South Bend. Haven't seen a score like this in... I'm not sure if I've ever seen a score like this. They took down South Bend 104 to 33. Wow. That's a lot. Leading scorers from the Seagulls were Morgan Anderson with 31, Seidel with 29, and Adrian Quintana with 28. 
Moving on to girls basketball, Montesano remained undefeated in Evergreen League play and improved to 10-1 overall with a 56-16 drubbing of Hoquiam on Saturday. Paige Leishness led the way for Montesano with 26 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 steals. One day earlier, Michaela Stanfield led the way for the Bulldogs with 14 points and 6 rebounds in a 60-22 win over Eatonville. It's worth noting that both of those games for the Bulldogs were played without one of their best players, McKinley Dalen, out with COVID protocols. Yeah, and they had just taken down Elma like 53-11 to a couple days before that. Sheesh. Kira, Kira, Kira Gardner. (laughs) Kira, not Kyra. I've called her Kyra for years. I've been saying it right. Uh, Yes, you have. (laughs) Kira Gardner stuffed the stat sheet yet again with 30 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 5 steals to propel Raymond to a 55-44 win over Winlock on Friday. Carson Freeman, the freshman, added 12 points for the Seagulls, who improved their record to 7-1 with the win. They hadn't played for a while, too. I think it was like 27 days or something from their last game for a variety of reasons. Um, Elma defeated Hoquiam, staying in girls basketball here, 26-25 in a defensive battle on Thursday. The Eagles surged in the fourth quarter despite trailing 22-12 after three frames. Wow. Aubrey Moore led Elma with six points. Jackie DeMoss and Emmy Spencer added five points apiece. Charlie Sampson Eastman led Hoquiam with eight points, eight rebounds, and five steals. And uh, we already mentioned that girls wrestling tournament that uh, Aberdeen came away with the win. Another note from that tournament, though, Hoquiam's Emma Johnson led the Grizzlies to a sixth place, to sixth place with a second place finish in the 130 weight class. That is going to do it for our local sports roundup. A nice long one. Yeah. I feel like we got a lot of good stuff in there. And you mentioned that Raymond hadn't played in like 27 days. It was, I can't remember the when, exact number, but it was somewhere around there. Not That wouldn't surprise me because the flooding was really bad down there too. Yeah. And the Monty Elma game that I covered this last week on Tuesday, I believe that was. That was the first time they'd played in forever, too, because of all of those weather issues. Like, it was before Christmas, I think, was the last time those teams had played. Just just ridiculous. It's got to be tough. I mean, because even during that time, they mostly couldn't practice either. Mm-hmm. So no practices, no games for almost a month, and then just jumping right back into action has got to be hard. Yeah. Well, but, not for not for them apparently. Yeah, apparently the Monty girls. Not for I Kira mean, Gardner. Yeah, Kira Gardner and the Monty girls basketball team. No big deal. It's like, good good grief. The, seriously, the game that I covered, McKinley Dalen had gotten into early foul trouble in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and so she didn't have any points in the first quarter, and but then they were blowing out Elma by so much in the second quarter that they didn't really play her in the second quarter either. <laughs> So she was one of two players in the second half who had yet to score for Monty. Mm-hmm. And then she scored like six points in the sec- in the third quarter. And they were like, oh, okay, now we can take, you know, you out. And Monty, that was the craziest thing. Monty only had one player that didn't score. And I've never seen that in any game yeah. where all players have scored. So I was Yeah, because usually, usually varsity teams have a couple of swing players that are mostly playing JV and then just come in and kind of play that garbage time, and a lot of them aren't really scorers. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty unusual. Yeah, and they had all scored by, I think, the third by the third quarter. Yeah. And that one who didn't score had opportunities late in the game, but didn't shoot 
because working the clock out because yeah. they're all early possession. And so I was very proud and very disappointed at the same time. Yeah. Because I wanted to see that player score really bad, but sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't have any time to waste on sportsmanship. What's that about? It's just politics. It's politics. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> All right, so the saga continues, right? We've got the Seattle Seahawks, Mm -hmm. and they didn't make the playoffs, but they did win a couple games at the end of the season just to make everybody in the organization think everything is actually okay. We figured it out. Yeah. Look, guys. We don't have a systemic problem. We're actually really good. We just beat Arizona, who's been on an absolute tailspin the last month. But, you know, we beat them, and they're going to the playoffs. So that must mean that we just had some injury Transitive problems. properties. Yeah, exactly. In college football, we'd be highly ranked. Yeah, I mean, in the power <laughs> rankings, they'd be right up there. Better than, you know, all the teams that Arizona beat. No, but that's that's kind of what I'm worried about. And the subject line just said, Seahawks, Russ, Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. So that's where my first thought went to. But there has been new, very expected drama, I guess, that has popped up today, which is Russ wants to explore his options. He hasn't asked for a trade, but he's interested in exploring what other teams may be able to put him in a better position to win. Yeah, but also that... That requires like them trading for you. So you, what options are you exploring? How do you, like isn't that tampering? Like you can't just explore your options. Well, I assume could, the team explores on like, his behalf. Well, the team would ha- yeah exactly. Like he could Russ say, can't explore his options. He's not a free agent. Right. Russ could say, hey, he can't here's a make list the of trade. teams I'd be willing for you to trade me to because these are the scenarios I think that I can go win, and then the team could then pursue. What they I would get from those people. I would think yeah. that Russ exploring the options would be Russ looking at film, looking at rosters, talking to to pe- people that he knows, like players. Like, hey, how do you feel about this team here that you're on or whatever? And and then eventually he's ex- that would be the exploring part. And then if he felt like. If I go to the Bears, I think that I can be put in a position to win better. Uh, <laughs> the Bears. The Bears was on that list, wasn't it? Yeah, I think a couple, so. yeah. Is that, no, but that like just X, shows whatever, me that whatever whatever team, yeah. like maybe like this, they, these two teams. I I feel I trust their their plan. What they what appears to be their plan to win. Just better the fact than I that the Pete Carroll's plan. Just to the win. fact that the Bears were on that list. Makes me think that Russ has no judge, like zero ability to make that decision. Like, are you kidding me? The Bears who have been god awful for how long now? And you trust their plan? What? Do you want me yeah, to read but the... I doubt that that came from Russ himself. And also, I still think that the massive, the, the, the biggest reason that this is a thing, that things are leaked, that that any conversation here happens is because Russ and Russ's agent and his whole, like Russ's party, they want to make sure that Russ is at the top of the headlines, even during the playoffs. So before we go and any further, let me, let me read the reports that, yeah. that we're actually talking about. Um, so one thing came from Chris Mortens, and I think this was the first thing that I saw. And he said, this was on Twitter, yes, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll, GM John Schneider, met Thursday with owner Jody Allen, but a well-placed source said it was usual. It was 
usual end of season review, a look ahead, and no job security talk. All systems are go with Carol Schneider and QB Russell Wilson, sources said. He went on, Mortensen went on to say, Wilson has two years left on his contract. He's expressed desire to finish in Seattle. He has a no trade clause, but of course, his name will be in play for everyone to, to discuss because that's the new frontier. There was another tweet from Real Michael. or not. Right. That's, it, that was the end of what he gotcha. said. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I must have cut it off. That's the new frontier, screen. real or not. Um, yeah. This one came from Michael Silver. It says, there's a sense among coaches and others in the Seahawks organization there will be no major shakeups that head coach Pete Carroll or GM John Schneider are in, and that head coach Pete Carroll and GM John Schneider are in business as usual mode. Absent a statement, statement to the contrary from owner Jody Allen, I expect both to be back. So it seems... Like the reports from insiders are coming back. Okay, there's no, there's no nothing on the horizon for Schneider or Carroll. They're going to be there, um, which was predictable. I thought like, there was a couple things that were interesting on these to me. One is that Quandre Diggs tweeted, retweeted one of the Mortensen tweets, and said, "As it should be." Talking about business as usual. People crazy thinking you get rid of any of those three, it'll make the organization better. So Quandre Diggs clearly putting his name on getting rid of Pete, John, or Russ is not going to make us better. He's just a player. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know. Um, then the thing that came out today. Although I really like Quandre. Which I think, yeah. I mean, do you agree, Daniel? Because I agree with that. But it doesn't mean that I don't want to. I, I do not want to see business as usual. Like, I would like to see Pete Carroll making changes in the way he does business. I don't expect to see that, but I would like to. That does not mean I want to see Pete fired. It means I'd like him to stop being involved in offensive play calling. I'd like him to consider taking over, coordinating the defense full-time, and a few other things. I think the other thing that's been hard to measure here, and in just a second I'll talk about what the report was that came out today. Um, the other thing that's been hard to measure is while the season was going on in the last couple of weeks, there was a bunch of quote-unquote insiders, which I have all kinds of opinions about <laughs> insider opinions, especially with everything that's happened lately with Adam Schefter and his credibility being called into question for some things that have happened. But um, Antonio Brown stuff, maybe. The Antonio Brown stuff, the stuff with you know allowing the Washington football team president to edit his copy before he posts it. Oh no. There's stuff that's happened now. No, I've been kind of in a box lately. Stuff that's happened now that's come out that I think a lot of us who are, I look at media in a different way. I think than most people do. And I'm sure you do as well, Daniel. I think we probably all do at least on some level. And you know that like the insiders are getting the information from somewhere. Yeah. Right. So they have sources that, um, have agendas Mm -hmm. and I've always, I've always re- read every insider statement with that in mind. What's the agenda of the source that this came from? But now it's coming to light where people can no longer be in denial of that in their minds. Like mm-hmm. people know this, in- these insiders get information and sometimes they are used as plants to put stuff out. Yep. So one of the reports that that's was- actually something that you've taught me more about because I guess I haven't, I haven't used too many sources like that uh-huh. too often, but some of the situations that we've gone through together right. was you were like, remember, 
these people have their own agenda. And so that that was something I feel like I learned more from you in how to read these stories, even over the last like three years. Well, part of it is it stems from the fact that I don't trust anybody. Yeah, like, which in is any a good part of life. But yeah, smart. Um, yeah, so the the things that we kept seeing, the reports we kept seeing were there's Issues in the Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll relationship. There's a chasm. They don't get along. They're yeah. butting heads. But then Pete and Russ, like publicly on the field and stuff, were like super chummy the last two weeks. Like yeah. you'd see snapshots of them with their arms around each other on the sidelines, oh. high fives after touchdowns. Yeah. Like it felt like, I mean, they're always kind of like that because Pete's Mr. Super Positivity, but it was like, it was more. It seemed like it didn't. Also, it? both of them repeatedly to the press said that their relationship was excellent. Yeah. yeah. Like, which you'd expect, but just... Like, yeah. Well, and Russ had put his name on at some point during the season, hey, we might have had some issues, but we talked. Yeah. You know? So anyway... Um, and and you would expect it, but because... I mean, it's not like Aaron Rodgers performed, like, acted that way with the coach that he then ran out of town. Like, you could visibly see that on the sidelines, that he did not like anything that was going on. Yeah. Um, what came out today was he looked like Aaron Rodgers. an Ian yeah. Rappaport <laughs> report that said, sources say Russell Wilson wants to explore his options and see what else might be out there for him. He has not demanded a trade, and we already did touch on this, but this is where it came from, this mm-hmm. Ian Rappaport report. Um, it's not clear if he will demand a trade, but at least those close to Wilson say he wants to investigate other destinations and see if those would put him in a better position to win another championship and create the legacy. I get really weary of seeing mm-hmm. that word yeah. <laughs> that he sees for himself. Um, Russ has said in one of his final press conferences that he's always viewed himself as finishing in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he wants to finish in Seattle, yeah. but he also wants to win. So... I think I'm kind of in line with Andrew on this in a lot of ways because it's not the first time that we go into an off season where reports come out from sources mm-hmm. that put Russell Wilson center stage. It's like there's it's an annual thing that Russ's camp needs to years. make sure that people are talking about him. Mm-hmm. And then the end result usually is nothing. Yeah. I'm concerned because of all of the things, like throughout, last offseason was crazy. Mm -hmm. Russ said very little. People put tons of words in his mouth, took all the words that he said, twisted them up, turned it into what they wanted it to mean, and then repeated it like it was gospel. And it was driving me nuts. But the one thing that Russ said was, I'm tired of getting hit so much, we need to be better up front. Mm -hmm. And this season, for the first time, Russ got injured, missed time, came back from the injury and wasn't himself for a little while. Mm-hmm. And the injury was a result. And it's Aaron Donald and it's understandable. Yeah. But it was a result of pressure being in the backfield that got him hurt. Yep. And, and there, there were also, and my favorite part about the whole people twisting him and then saying it is gospel. Yeah. The one that was twisted and said his gospel, which was just absolutely untrue, was the whole he owes Dwayne Brown an apology. Yeah. When... When he said that, he literally said, Dwayne Brown's awesome. And like he put that caveat into what he said. And then literally all of the talking heads completely ignored that and just said, if I was Dwayne Brown, I'd be mad. Because he said he that called I'm out bad. the offensive he line. He called out the offensive line. It's like, yeah, Instead but Instead of basically he, saying, Dwayne Brown's really good and he needs help. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just 
absolutely drove me nuts. But you're right. Then he gets hurt. It's almost like, did you say self-fulfilling prophecy? No. Like, because that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. It's also worth noting that in the offseason, the Seahawks decided not to sign a free agent center who had an ex... And I don't remember his name, but Jake... Uh, yeah, well, they decided not over the last three years. They've decided not to sign big name offensive linemen, yeah. and instead, every time they've just got a ton of garbage offensive linemen and been like, maybe one and of these guys and will it stick. Hasn't been working, and it's like you're paying a bunch of like mid to low level guys instead of using the same money and but getting one. Like, why? How do you think that? Stop repeating the same process. Yeah. It's the, it's the definition of insanity. I know that is a much overused quote, but when it comes up so often, you've used the same strategy to try and fill the offensive line, and it has failed countless times, and we've seen the best player come out of that strategy it was probably Brandon Shell, but he can't stay on the field because he's hurt all the time. Sorry. That's yeah. okay. That's completely no. reasonable. So I had three questions last week that I put out to the Twitter universe, and I really wanted to get your guys' reaction to these because I, if you go on Facebook or or you know a cesspool like Twitter or something, yeah, there's a lot of fans who are extremely negative about Russell Wilson. They're sick yeah. of the drama. They're sick of all of the off season stuff, and they would rather the team just move on. Yeah. To me it's insane. Yes. But so one of the questions like that those are the people that were on team Flynn until like a year <laughs> after <laughs> the fact. Um, one of the questions that I put out like, to the Twitter no, universe. No, there's still people who thought that Flynn would have done a better job. I know, in which that is first year. Yeah. But I feel like that so that's I end up discounting those people cuz I feel like you don't even have a worthy of considering opinion. But because, <laughs> you know, like it's you don't want to view, value the one voice, the one loud voice over the hundred quiet voices. I was like, okay, well, I'll just put a Twitter poll out there to see like what percentage of people okay. might actually on like it. What percentage of people on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, yes. but even on Twitter is like there's all kinds of people who scroll through Twitter and never comment. Yeah, on no, it. no, absolutely. yeah, but they probably will, the reasonable people. But they will vote on a poll, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the poll I put was, do you want Russell Wilson to be the quarterback for the Seahawks next season? We got seventy four percent yes. Good. I'm glad it's a lot. I wish it was more. Yeah. Was that a yes and no? <laughs> yes and no. Okay. Straight up yes and no. Then the other question I put up is, will Russell Wilson play for the Seattle Seahawks next season? And 63% of people mm. said yes. Mm. Yeah. So there's more people that want him that think he's still going to go. Yeah. And I'm not going to be in the – I'm not of the opinion that he's going to go, but I'm going to acknowledge in my mind that, like, that possibility is there. Yeah, you've said a couple of different times, like, you want to prepare yourself emotionally, emotionally. <laughs> to, to no longer be a Seahawks fan. Yeah, that's for what, Justin. For, for Justin, Justin, not for me, because yeah. I'm stuck with it because yeah. of my opinions that I've stated and have vehemently You're argued. You're not a bandwagoner. I, yeah, I can't. Like, at this point, I would be going back on all of my politics if yeah. I <laughs> ever changed that view. Yeah. How about this one? <laughs> Is Russell Wilson still in his prime? Because That's an interesting question. 60% because what is of your... people who responded to our Twitter poll said no. They don't think Russell Wilson's still in his prime. What is your prime? prime I feel like that needs a definition before I could, would feel Tom comfort. Brady still in his prime? Yeah, that's it. Like, just because you're... I'd say so. <laughs> Tom I mean, Brady's prime right? is like it 15 was... years. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, is prime just output? 
or I think it's you, is it the combination of physical gifting as well as your like that prime where you still have all of your physical talents but you're experienced enough that you can do all the mental stuff too because in my my view of prime shrinks to like three to four years if you're just talking you, physical it, no if you're oh. just talking like absolute prime when you're physically still at your prime while you're hitting your mental prime like yeah yeah okay and then and then you lose your like so i wouldn't say russell's in his prime i would say he's still an elite quarterback i would say i mean peyton manning wasn't in his prime for like seven years where he was still breaking records you know so i guess that's why i'm wondering what the definition of prime is is it production prime or is it that's a good point you have peyton manning still has his strongest arm and he's at the mental capacity to do all the stuff he did. I think it's got to be production po- because everybody, uh, every athlete adjusts their game over time with yeah. to work with the tools that they have. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. If we were talking yeah. just straight up physical prime, that he's physical definitely mental, past that. everything together prime. It, it's not just physical, though. But when you lose your physical, yeah. you still can't be in your. I would both. say I'd, I would say it's ba- it would be based on output. Okay. Because okay. to me, and I would say yeah. To me. When I, when I say, like, prime, not prime, I'm thinking, is is he likely to have a better season next year than this year? Like, just generally. Like, yeah. is he going to have – is he is he likely to, to be slightly better or is he, you know, can't expect him to get better. He's just going to be a little bit worse for a few more years. To me, he's still in his prime. Okay. Like, it's – I he could I, – I wouldn't be shocked if he comes out next year and is – it's the best year of his career. Mm-hmm. That is that I don't think it'd shock anyone. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah, that make you know, he's he figured out whatever was bothering him and he's like so. That makes sense. Would you guys be interested in a statistical analysis of whether or not Russ is still in his prime? I would be, but really quick on prime because I I I don't <laughs> Amazon want... does not sponsor yeah. this podcast. No, they don't. But they could. <laughs> uh what I'm saying is Certain players, you can tie it just to their physical prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have very much faith in Lamar Jackson. Right. I think when he loses a step, that is obviously the end of his prime. That's a good point. But for me, there's like that middle ground of you still have a, enough of your physical prime and combine that with your experience. Because, I mean, in baseball, 24, 25-year-olds obviously have better physical prime than their, when they're 30. And yet, for some reason, baseball prime is later because something that happens mentally with hitting mm-hmm. takes a little time. So that's kind of where I'm. I'm. That's why it's a mix of both yeah. for right. me. Yeah. So I think I'd say if if you're looking at like all athletes, but maybe even quarterbacks specifically, mm-hmm. typically the way people age if they're not Tom Brady yeah. are you have like you have kind of a peak of here's what we expect from you over the course of several years this yeah. is your peak yeah. productivity and then it sort of tails off mm-hmm. so are you are we at the point with Russ where we're still at peak productivity or are we tailing off and i think many people after especially after watching what the offense looked like for portions of this year would say well Russ is definitely not as good as he used to be mm-hmm. i would challenge that after what i looked up when i Found, looked up his, his statistics today as I was doing a little bit of research. I've got career averages. I've got all of Russell's career bests. I've got this year's stats. I've got what I'm going to consider, quote-unquote, his prime, six years from 2015 to 2020. 
um, because 2015 was like the first year that he statistically burst onto the scene. It was his fourth year, and that was like his first really big, great statistical year. Okay. Um, I'm also I also did something I'm calling this year adjusted. So considering the fact that he missed three games, mm-hmm. and that the first two games that he came back, he was very obviously not himself and had come back too early. Yeah. I since we're trying to figure out like at Russell's actual healthy prime mm-hmm. right now, can we expect him to be as good next year as he's been in previous years? So it felt reasonable to me to take those two games out and take the other three games out and then prorate it as if it was a 16 game season. I didn't add a 17th game because we're comparing to other seasons Smart. that were all 16. So I've, I've prorated everything. So this year, adjusted, if you took out two games missed and two games that he was poopy poopy <laughs> because of the finger, <laughs> Russ would have finger. completed 67.4% of his passes for 4,150 yards, 33 touchdowns, and five picks. All of those are better than his career average. Several of those are very close to his career best, especially the five interceptions, because five interceptions is his career best. But also, if you look at his prime years, if you take the six prime years, his adjusted numbers for this year are better on completion percentage, more passing yards, the exact same amount of touchdowns, and four less picks. Wow. So I would say if you take the rust that we saw when he was healthy and prorated over the course of a season, he is better than the average which we consider Russ's prime over the last six years. And that's why I'm glad that that is there statistically. Right. And that you actually have the facts there to look at it. Because that is my thought every time I hear this, like, oh, well, it's time to trade Russell. Like, look how bad he was this year. And you're like, what? This happens. This has happened so many times where a a franchise quarterback has gotten hurt and then has had, as a result, a down year. Mm -hmm. And the teams don't go, better trade that guy. Yeah. Well, and he, he had a 103.1 passer rating this year. Yeah. And a 28, even with those two terrible games, 25 touchdowns, six picks. I, I just don't, and his completion percentage at 64.8 is um, 0.2 percentage points lower than his career average. So I'm looking at it going, I understand when you watch some of those games, you look at it and go, God, this offense can't do anything at times. Yeah. But. We can't forget also that in the beginning of the year, even when they weren't winning, they had the most efficient offense for like the first month and a half of the season in yards per play. Yeah. I mean, I remember that coming up on broadcasts. So it's not like it's just, you're just used to it, you know? Yeah. Like you're used to Russ being really good and you're used to the offense looking like something better than it was. And I think people just lost track of the fact that Russ actually had a good year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I say yes, he definitively is still in his prime. Yeah. To me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, going by the definition of prime of production. Right. Can because, we expect yeah. the, can we expect production next year that is similar to the best years of Russ's career? And I'd say yes. I'd say yes too. Yep. I'm I'm absolutely with you on that. Um, I do like this little opinion, which kind of plays into what you guys mentioned briefly a little bit, but the tweet that you sent of Paul Gallant says, mm-hmm. man under contract with no options wants to be center of attention. 
part 30. And it's kind of a meaner way of saying what Andrew was saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Russ's people want to make sure that he is discussed. <laughs> Not disgusted or disgusting, just disgust. Yeah, like talked about. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. All right, is that enough on, on Andrew, do I you have anything so. you want to jump in on there with maybe on the Pete side of things? Because you just, mentioned that you still want Pete, and I think I do too. Look, but I, I will always – I want Pete until you can tell me who will be better that you can hire. Not like, oh, it would be cool if they could, but who out there can the Seahawks go get that will be better than Pete? And then I think you should make that move immediately because you always want to get better. No. But there's no I there is no anyone who thinks oh there's a better coach out there is kidding themselves. Pete Carroll is one of the best coaches yeah. in the NFL. I have disagreements with the way he does things and I do think he's become complacent. Yeah. And I think the main thing that I have pointed this out a couple times a long time ago. I haven't got to it as much more recently. But it seems like the minor shift of philosophy to always trying to get give younger players the opportunity to knock off the older players really hit a stale mark there for a while. I think it's starting to come back a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you saw that with them not re-signing KJ Wright this year. And you've seen younger players start to have more of an opportunity, them not bringing back David Moore, I think maybe might have done that a little bit. But there was a period in there where it was like everybody would point to all these draft picks and be like, nothing happened with this guy, with this guy, with this guy. And I was like, those guys never saw the field, like ever, even when there was people in front of them that weren't producing. And so I'm hoping that they're coming out of that a little bit now that a lot of those old Pete guys have left, that they're kind of forced to try and find new ones. So maybe that will bring some more production but they do tend to still pay guys from the outside i mean but we'll see mm -hmm. yeah and to go on like the, what i would like to see changed is i i would like to see pete take control of the defense i, I wouldn't mind if he didn't well, have a defensive coordinator but if he wants a defensive coordinator i think that should be his sole focus i think he should allow the offensive coordinator and his quarterback to take over the offense and say, I trust you guys. You know how I want. I, I'm not going to let you do what I don't do whatever you want. Do it in a way that, you know, like in the, the philosophy, but I'm not going to be in the loop on the play calls. I'm taking like stepping back out of that completely. And I think he should be calling the plays on defense. He that's, is that's a curious really thing. talented defensive mind. And our defense, the Seahawks defense has been Rash for two years. That's it. That's until a good, the end of the season. Well, yeah, that's a, that's the thing. So, are you just assuming that he's giving Ken Norton the reins at the beginning of the year? It's trash, and then he's taking over at the end of the year. Like, I, what's going I think on it's there? More complicated than that. What I what I think is happening is that he's working with Ken Norton, and I think he's just distracted. So, you know, Ken Norton's doing the day to day. I don't think Ken Norton is very good. I don't think he's awful. But I don't think he's good enough to be doing it by himself. And so through the season, all of these things need to be changed. And it takes Pete a long time to get it changed because Pete is busy uh, causing us or causing the Seahawks to get uh, waste timeouts on offense <laughs> instead of focusing on fixing the defense. That's my opinion. That, I mean, it's it's a plausible thing. 
hypothesis. It, yeah, it's at, at the most plausible yeah. because obviously it's just speculation. Because we couldn't know. But. Yeah, but that's interesting. Because I'm sure some people would be like, Pete's trying to control the defense, and then when he finally lets Ken Norton make the decisions at the end of the year, then they get good. I don't agree with that. I think if but, that were true, then Ken Norton would go somewhere else and be successful instead of never having been successful as an offensive coordinator. I mean, defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator, yeah, that's either. That's a good point. He's also yeah. never... He hasn't tried it, but... That's true. He hasn't been <laughs> successful on offense either. Uh, uh, off the top of... Um, about Ken Norton, his he averages around 19th in a bunch of categories, and that's from according to uh, the linebacker who's on Seattle Radio, who I can't remember the name of right now. Jim Wyman. Jim? Uh, Dave. Dave. Dave Wyman. Dave. Got it. Okay. Gotcha. So, I made a couple of mistakes while Andrew was talking. not just in the Seahawks. That's, that's in the Raiders as well. Gotcha. One was player. I scrolled down on the show sheet a little bit, and yeah. I read this quote from Jewel. <laughs> It says wrestling scoring, something about winning in points, quote of the day. Yeah, I said that. And then almost immediately after that, my wife sent me a text that said, will you go to the store and get me some sugar before you come home? Nod into the camera, if you will. Then as I was looking up and I was about to nod into the camera, I made eye contact with Daniel. And I was like, then I just started laughing because I was like, if I nod now, Daniel's going to think that it means something and it doesn't. It's just me telling my wife, yes, I will get sugar from the store before I go home. I was wondering because it was right when Andrew said complicated and you looked up directly into the camera and then glanced over at me and I was like, what did Andrew say? Was, was complicated not the right word there? What's going on? Did I miss some innuendo that made Justin laugh? It took me one episode to find out a way to successfully derail the show. Atta Congratulations boy. to me. All right, we're going to get into the mailbag and more from comments. If you're watching, just start blowing us up with comments in that chat feed thing. I didn't use the right words. Commercial break. At Olipen Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. Thank you again to our sponsors, the Law Office of Jeffrey Adamashevitz and OliPen Real Estate, the sponsor of our Athlete of the Week every week. Now it is time for the mailbag. Yes, Send the mailbag. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. I really missed that imaging. I'm glad I got to hear that. <laughs> it makes me smile every time. So we got a couple things from Francis. Uh, first of all, Francis wants to know, do the DUI charges mean that Gino is not the Hawks QB1 going into 2022? Who is the backup option? You know what? I think that uh, Gino Smith... Minshew. Y- yes. That'd be that'd ideal. That'd be great. That'd be... I don't know if that'd be ideal. I want Minshew to be able to play. Well, anyway, well this is saying QB1, though. He's, ide- he's assuming that yeah, Russ is Ideally, gone. Russ is Oh, here. right, right. Gotcha. Well, I was going to... follows up that... that, that Andrew, is... I have some show business I need to take care of with this comment <laughs> before you interrupt me again. <laughs> Please. 
I was going to make our Jesus. obligatory. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. I just got to get out of the way. Gino Smith proved that he, like Mariano Rivera, was very overrated as the best backup quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> So there. Did people say that about him. Show biz. Yeah, I think you know, so. If you could have better said than that. better than uh, Fitzmagic. He was a starter. Oh, Fitzmagic was I a starter at the start of the year. I think if you had been yeah. able to say that, like in flow in the rhythm of the show, it would have been really funny. <laughs> I know, but you, but we both. I'm sorry, we both messed you up. I blame Daniel. I was really proud Just, of Shizness. I blame <laughs> Show business, Shizness. I mean, come on, I was, that's it was going to be so natural, and <laughs> then I should have let it go until like later. But I was so frustrated and worried that I'd forget about well, it. No, I'm glad you worked it in because that's how much Mariano Rivera sucks. <laughs> Most overrated player in the history of all sports. But the follow-up to Francis's is, is question was, in case you're wondering why I'm asking, like, Mr. Limited in Carroll's offense is gone, it's because he is. If Mort's report that, according to a source, Jody Allen feels that all systems are go with Carol Schneider and Sierra's husband, <laughs> then number three will be available for whoever they draft to play quarterback. So be, wait, Francis has him out the door. Number three will be available for whoever. No, they like the with. actual number. Oh, I get Russ what you're will be gone. Ah, there. <laughs> I, it took me a second. I don't think they would draft somebody to play quarterback, especially not this thing either. They might lay around. They did show that outside of Russell Wilson, they're not very good at picking quarterbacks again because they cut Jake Luton and kept Jacob Eason. They cut somebody who had literal some NFL success and kept a guy who couldn't even make it on the team that needed a quarterback. Oh, but Jacob Eason has that arm. Oh, he's got that arm. Yeah, and he's terrible. He's proven it at every level. (laughs) Goodness gracious. (sighs) Sorry. Anyway, (laughs) so that does worry me because apparently they lucked into Russell Wilson (laughs) because that's the only good quarterback they've ever evaluated. Yeah. What the crap? I mean, Matt Hasselbeck was good, and they kept him around. For like a year? <laughs> until they had, until they, you're right. They yeah. got rid of him a bit early. Yeah. So I guess T-Jack, to, to awesome. specifically T-Jack answer, was meh. to he specifically was, was answer awesome. Francis' question. I thought he was a good backup. Uh, if, assuming, because Francis' question assumes Russ is gone. Yes. If Russ is gone, Geno Smith will not be QB1. No. I think we can all agree on that. Yes. Especially I, with Does anyone DUI, think he'll yeah. be on the team next year? I don't. I think I don't he's a think free so. agent. I'd be shocked if they brought him back. Yeah, I don't think Gino will be back, especially. And this is just their excuse, probably. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think he'll be back. They'll go with some other younger guy who's not expected to play at all. Um, but if Russell was gone, yes, Gardner Minshew would be obviously who I would want to be the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I have one more thing for mailbag. Okay. I need to tell you guys a story. Yeah, I, I'm, I see this here. So in the show sheet, it just says throw burrito story. What is... what? what? Are, you, is, are you throwing the burrito story or is this a story about throwing a burrito? Yes. Why would you okay. throw a burrito? You're supposed to eat the burrito. So let me explain Daniel's it. offended. First of all. <laughs> and now as I'm reading it, I'm trying to remember, is the game called throw burrito or throw throw burrito? <laughs> Do you want there's me to Google game? it? Anyway, it doesn't really matter Wait, for the story. There's so, a g- so we got a Does game. Does this involve actual burritos? Yes and no. 
Not edible burritos. The ge- okay. There's <laughs> this is a card game that we got as a family for Christmas. It's called Throw Throw Burrito. Okay, Throw Throw Burrito. Yeah. So this is a story about competitive balance. And as usual, I need you guys to be my moral compass and tell me whether I've gone too far. <laughs> so we have played this family game okay. called Throw Throw Burrito, and it's a really fun game where it's a card game, but there's these little foam burritos. Okay. They're like the kind, like the squeezy kind, like memory foam kind of, so they really don't hurt. Gotcha. But part of the I game is... I feel like you're really emphasizing that point. <laughs> part of the game is... When certain things happen with the cards, certain people have to try to throw burritos at each other. Okay. And That's you a get a waste of food. You get they're fake burritos. They're fake okay. burritos. They're foam burritos. You get they don't hurt. So you're pretending you get, to waste food. Yes. <laughs> and you get docked points. Religion. <laughs> you get docked points if you get hit by a burrito. Okay. So one of the scenarios is called a burrito duel, okay. where you literally stand back to back with someone, take three paces turn around and throw the burrito. Okay. And whoever gets hit loses. The way that the game ends, messy. you play it in two rounds. So when someone wins the first round and another person wins the second round, the way you determine the winner of the game is with a duel. Yeah, okay. So I <laughs> end burrito up... duel. I like it. I end up in a duel to win the game with my 12-year-old son. Okay. Now, the duel is like when you take your three paces and you turn, you don't have to just throw. It's like a free-for-all. You know, you can do whatever. You can run, dodge, duck, dip, dive, dodge, whatever. Okay. And you can also try to catch the other person's burrito, and if you catch it, then you win. Okay, dodgeball. Right. You can use anything you want as a shield. At one point, I tried to pick up the puppy to use it as a shield. Didn't work. You could also go Hamilton and just throw it up into the tree. Well, and when my daughter had... Um, her turn, she hid behind my wife Smart. and used her as a human shield. Smart. But I ended up in a duel with my 12-year-old son. Okay. So we take our three paces, we turn around, I throw first, Okay. I miss. Yes. Okay, so my burrito's all the way on the other side of the room, then I go into full-on, like, run away, try to dodge his throw thing. Yeah, is this inside? Yeah. Okay. So he comes up on me, and I'm totally trapped in a corner, and he throws it, and like Neo from the Matrix, I whoosh, like off to the side, his burrito misses me. Nice. My burrito is still like way over in the other corner, so he can't get to it. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, I have a huge advantage because I have access to this burrito that he just missed me with. <laughs> he realizes that quickly and he takes off. Smart. Smart. He's kid. wearing socks. Okay. We have hard floors. Okay. <laughs> So he takes off like a cartoon character. Yes. Where like his feet start spinning. As he's trying to turn, slips, smashes his toe into a shelf. Now I have to add for effect that this is a toe that he broke like a month ago, a month and a half ago. So it's all healed. Like everything's fine. He's all healed, but he's in pain. Uh, not crying. A month ago, it's not all healed. Not like crying with tears, but on the ground like, oh, oh. I'm standing there with the burrito. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think it's right. And I'm standing over the top of him. And I'm like, I don't think it's right for me to throw this at you. But I can't not win. So when he was turned, I just dropped the burrito. Hit him. It lands on the ground. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, I've won the game. Mac, are you okay? <laughs> Have I done anything wrong? 
Johanna, my wife says that you have gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) There's two ways of looking at this. Okay. A. Are there two ways of looking at it? There's two ways of looking at this. So in softball, somebody gets hurt on the play, right? You hit a ball. Some it hits them. I don't know if they're the pitcher. I don't know if it's just a bad hop. I don't know what it is. Do you go touch first, or do you make sure they're okay? So you touch first, and then you make sure they're okay. So that is what you did. I feel okay. like you, it depends on you the situation. dropped the burrito on yeah. him, mm-hmm. and then you made sure they're okay. If he already if they caught the ball, then you don't need to go touch. No, first. obviously if they caught the ball, right? Yes, obviously. Now, now we get to severity of situation. Okay. Because I have done both. I have gone in touch first, made sure everybody's okay. Another time, in a much less competitive league, which I might compare to throw, throw, burrito. Okay. Uh, Sounds like it's pretty competitive. Super intensely competitive then? Okay. Uh, But this was in a church league game. This also ups the stakes of injury. You knew your son was physically going to be okay. His toe, at worst, was broken. Uh Right? That's at worst. Right. In this church league softball game, I hit a line drive right back at the pitcher. I I have no excuse for this. I should not have done that. I didn't do it on purpose, but I'm a better player. Even at this point, this was years ago, but even at this point, I was a good enough player to not risk hitting the pitcher. I drilled him right in the belly button with a line drive. He had no shot of getting out of the way. Just bam. I did not go to touch first. I went over and made sure that he was not dead. Did he tag you out? Uh, I don't know. I don't. You went out of the base path. Yeah, I went out of the base path. I was, I was giving myself up. Yeah. Now the situation was more severe, even though he turned out to be okay too. Then your son's broken toe. But also, was the game on the line? No, my teams could still win the game with Mm -hmm. me getting out. Yeah. Hmm. See, my thought too was that (laughs) because all these things like you generally at least. Those of us that like in our group that play, have played a lot of church league and a lot of city league with church league, we've been more focused on having fun. So That's you true. Probably were not particularly worried about that. about winning. You're far yeah. more worried about not hurting somebody. Yeah, exactly. But as yeah. all these thoughts were going through my mind, I was thinking because it happens fast. You know, like I'm standing over him, he's lying on the ground writhing in pain, and I'm like, I really should throw it at him because what if I drop it? And he's like, just kidding, and then he catches it. <laughs> then I lose. So I should have thrown it at him, but I didn't. I took the kinder path of just dropping it you, on him, taking the chance that he would catch it. Yeah, you took a risk. Yeah. And I could see and your, I won. I could see your 12-year-old son pulling that move, even see, if he was in pain. I was going to say, yeah. I could just see him recognizing that if, if he would have had his eyes open. Yeah. I think that, I think your 12-year-old might... I, that was a risk that you took because even with him being in pain, there mm-hmm. was that chance that he could have like toughed it out, caught yeah. the burrito, right. hit you with it. Yeah. So no, if he catches it, I lose. Oh right, he doesn't even have to hit you with nope. it. Nope. Yeah. So I'm what proud of if you. The burrito stays on him when you drop it on the floor. That's I made catch, sure that right? it hit him in a spot where it, w- <laughs> it was. I hit him because he was kind of like rolling on his side a little bit. So I made sure that it hit him in a spot where it would bounce off to the side. Now. I'm proud of you for not just drilling him with the burrito because <laughs> my bro- growing up, my brother would have definitely winged that burrito at me and then checked on me. Um, sorry to impugn your honor, Jimmy, but you totally would have done that. Uh, 
<laughs> the next question I have is, did your wife think you had gone too far? And was she standing over him, checking on him while you did this? Uh, it all happened so fast. <laughs> um, I kind of got scolded. <laughs> like a little bit. But it wasn't, you know, he how, was fine. How and upset like, he got, was Makani? He was mostly just upset because his toe hurt. Okay. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He didn't get mad at me for winning. But I think... <laughs> did you did you make sure not to rub it in? No. Uh, no. I made sure they all knew I was the winner. Actually, it was after that was all over, I was like, you guys saw that, right? Like, you didn't get distracted by the fact that he's in pain. You saw that the burrito hit him, right? So I made sure everyone knew that I won. See, I am much more okay with this story because when you started telling it, I thought you were going to be talking about like your, what, six-year-old daughter? Seven-year-old daughter. And so I was all ready to be just mortified at what you had done. But since it's your 12-year-old son and knowing your 12-year-old son, I'm much more okay with this. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I came out of this. My wife is pointing out that Daniel likes to hit people in church softball. I knew that she was watching. And when I said that story, I knew she was going to bring that up. Did you hit Andrew's wife in church league softball? I darn near killed her. Wow. With a throw. Oh my. Yeah. She's fine. Well, she didn't, she didn't even fall down and it wasn't her fault. She only has headaches every now and then. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is, that wouldn't surprise me. That was one of the most terrifying oh, days of my life. Daniel, uh, apparently my daughter Allison is watching and she's very offended that you thought she was only six. <laughs> I'm sorry, Allison. <laughs> Daniel's I'm really sorry. old. It's just been so long since I've seen you. That's what it is. It's been so long. I haven't seen you since last year. That's what it is. True. It's Yeah, it was last year. A whole two weeks. Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for our show today. Yeah. Yep. That was a good story, though. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Uh, so, for my co host, Justin, bring home the sugar, Damashevitz. And my co host, <laughs> Daniel, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Hargrove. And our trusty producer, Andrew, ew, gross. Was that the sound he made? I wrote it down and I was thinking. No, it was like, no, it, it was, was like, it was eh, like ew, ew, ew. Ew. That's what it was. Ew. ew. Andrew, ew, ew. gross. You're listening to the scrimmage. Microphone. Microphone. I'm Batman.